What are you thinking? I don't want to know what you're wearing. I want to know what you're thinking. I don't think that any of us fully recognize and appreciate the value and the power of our thoughts. I think all too often we have this little voice in our head that gives us our perception of the world and we accept it blindly. We accept what that little voice says, no matter what it says. And I I believe that that perception is reality. Perception's your reality. And so towards that end, I'm always on the hunt for wise advisors who can come on the show and have a conversation about our thinking. When we change our thinking, we change our choices. We change our behavior. And those things in turn change our outcomes, which really ultimately is going to change our life. You are not a tree. If you don't like where you are, you can move. And so I, I like you to hear that from someone other than me. And so today I have invited to join me, Joanne Marceau. She is a certified coach and she is a life mastery consultant. She's got a whole bunch of certifications, which I'm going to let her tell you about. But what I like about Joanne and one of the reasons that I invited her on the show is that she had a 30-year career in corporate sales and sales management for Fortune 100 companies. And she put this this whole concept of change your choices, change your life, she put that that principle to work a few years ago. And I think when anybody, I always am skeptic of people who leave their jobs and, and become a coach. But, you know, after 30 years of successful uh, work, it, it's easier for me to say, well, maybe you, you kind of know. Uh, you kind of know what you're talking about. And I believe that uh, Joanne really does. We, we had a wonderful chat before the show, and I think you are going to be delighted to meet her. And so let's just not waste any more time, and let's welcome her to the show. Joanne, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. Oh, thank you, Sarah. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, if you would, I know I bragged on you a little bit, and I don't know you well enough to brag on you a lot, but if you would, tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Well, Sarah, you are absolutely right. I I put my own teaching to work um, about two and a half years ago when I left that corporate job, and uh, I needed to use all of the skills that I now teach my own clients to stay on track and to keep my promises to myself and to manage my thinking so that I could move out of that safe corporate environment and follow my passion, really follow what my soul and what my heart wants to do, which is to help people, to help people manage their thinking and live their dream lives and live their passion. So. You know, I wish I could say I was smart enough to have come up with the uh, show title today, but I have to out myself and say that you're the one who uh, who really threw this title out. And so uh, the title of the show, of course, is uh, uh, Do You Have Your Thoughts or Do They Have You? And I really would love for you to expand on that thinking. <laughs> it is a bit of a, a brain teaser, isn't it? So our our thoughts are malleable. 
and we can truly change them in a moment. Our perceptions can be changed in a moment on a dime. And most of us think that our thoughts are are real. They think that's the only way there is to, to view something. And so what I've learned over decades of studying uh, personal development and spirituality uh, is that we, in fact, can change our thoughts, um, that in a moment we can make up a different story about a circumstance or a situation that we're in, and as a result of changing that story, as a result of changing the narrative that we have in ourselves about our circumstance, the outcome changes. And our relationship in that story changes and our experience of it changes. So although the outcome circumstance may not in, in fact be any different, how we're responding to that situation changes and uh, and our whole experience of it is then transformed. You know what so I thought was either... in... oh, oh, <laughs> real, real quick. One thing that I thought was so interesting when 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 we were talking about the show was that you had mentioned that we give meaning to events, uh, which in turn gives them power. Tell me more about what you mean when you when you say that. We we give. I'm trying to think of an example that would be a, a, a good example relevant to uh, uh, the audience. And I'll use an example. I'll out myself. I'll use an example <laughs> from childhood. And I'm an only child. I grew up with a, a father who had high expectations of me. And somewhere along the way as a kid, I made up that his love depended upon me being a very good girl doing things the right way. And that was how I earned love. And I made up that story. And as an adult, it caused me some pain because when I didn't do things right, I felt unlovable. So there's the connection. There's the story I made up. Um, As part of my own development, I realized that I could make up a different story about that situation. And so although this is silly, it worked for me I made up a story that he was an alien from a different planet and that he was just simply unskilled at that part of parenting because I didn't come with an owner's manual. And as a result of that, I changed my perception of his expectation of me. And when I rewrote that story, I rewrote my relationship with my father. And then you know, I, I think, wouldn't it be fair to love. say that, that there are hundreds if not thousands hundreds of thousands of women and and I'm sure men but we're all about women here who have that same story my mom my dad my husband will only love me if I am fill in the blank if I am pretty enough skinny enough smart enough fast enough and we, we my boss will only love me if I never make a mistake or my boss will only like me if I never make a mistake so what I hear you saying is that we write stories about all these things which really set us up to fail. Yes. Yes. Well, and it, a- those stories set us up to uh, to be, if not failing, certainly not full of vitality in life about our true essence. And that's really what I love about your process is that you talk about um, – let me frame my next comment. <clears throat> Excuse me. I believe that all of us, but 
women uh, are we have superpowers. Now, our superpower may be intuition, it may be communication, it may be whatever, fill in the blank. We have superpowers. And we become powerful when we learn how to use those superpowers for good, not evil. And you make a comment, um, I saw in the note that we had exchanged that What's inside of us is bigger than anything outside of us. How how do you coach people to tap into that superpower or the bigness, the largeness, the power inside of themselves? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Now, remember, bearing in mind, it's only a 30-minute show. (laughs) Well, as as perspective, it starts with a three-month program. So that that said, it, it is not... It's it's a lengthy process. It's a relearning process. And the primary tool in which to support people in tapping into that inner power is to have them learn to tap into their imagination. We've long since lost, by the time we're probably five or six or seven, we begin to lose our power to imagine that everything's possible. And as we age, as we grow older, that continues to get less and less and less that power. And so what I help people do is relearn how to imagine what they love, what they love in their life, um, what makes them come alive, rather than making their decisions based upon the circumstances they're in, like waiting for time or waiting for more money or waiting for the kids to be in school or waiting for the kids to be out of school or waiting to be retired or waiting to find the job. You know, the list goes on and on of circumstances that cause people to wait to live their dreams. And so I start by um, teaching people how to tap into their dreams, first of all. And then what comes up are all those stories we wrote about why we can't do it. And then, I, <laughs> you know, every time you say that, I I can't help but laugh, and I'm I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the number of no. stories that I know that women have. I can't do that. I, I've heard them say it. I can't start to be healthy. I can't go to jazzercise or Zumba or walk in the park because I have a big butt. <laughs> what? But we've written this story that we believe, and I mean, let me interject by saying you just said something. I have to comment on. By the age of seven. I'm going to repeat this because I want you to tell me if I got it right. By the age of seven, we begin to lose the power of imagination. Is that correct? Yes. It goes to sleep. I mean, it's always there. Okay, so think about this. The people who are wildly successful in whatever area, I believe, and I've said this, and so it makes a whole lot of sense, they don't realize that, I mean, they believe, they have that dream, that vision. They've tapped innately into their imagination. Would you agree? I would agree. I would agree. And they have skills to keep that dream alive, whether it's a a coach, a support structure, because most people who are wildly successful have coaches or support structures to help keep that dream alive. Okay, I've got to capitalize on something else you've said, so watch <laughs> what you say because I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> Good, you're listening. I, I appreciate I feel like that. I have, have, well, it helps when the host pays attention. <laughs> So you talk about giving ourselves permission to live our dreams. I have to hear more. (laughs) Well, most of us, because of that story we've written, 
uh, tend to think that we'll get to it later. Or we look to circumstances to give us permission to live our dreams. So if I was not working my own program, if I was not being a coach and having coaches for myself, I would have looked at leaving that 30-year corporate career and said, that's crazy. I can't possibly leave that security, leave that paycheck, leave all those corporate benefits, all that safety, and go out on my own. And my, the, the internal voice of doubt, which is what stifles imagination, imagination, might have been saying something like, well, you know, you've never owned a business before. How are you going to be successful? So I needed to learn how to keep that voice quiet and to <clears throat> allow my dream of owning my own business and supporting people as a coach, allow that to come alive. And it took nurturing and it took support and it took learning new skills, learning new skills in the way that I think about myself in order to have that dream come alive. Um, I love to say if you could do it yourself, you'd have already done it. And that was just <laughs> There's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> I love that. Let me capitalize on something that you said. I want the listeners to be very clear about um, Plaid for Women's view and my view. <clears throat> and as co-founder of Plaid, I get to say this. We don't recommend coaches because we get a cut. We don't recommend coaches because they do something for us. We recommend coaches and advisors and mentors. You need to have your own board of directors for your life. We recommend that because women get isolated and think that they they can they they have to do it themselves. Oh, if I ask if I if I hire a coach, that means that I'm weak or I'm not smart enough or whatever. But did you hear what Joanne said earlier? All of the hugely successful people, they have a vocal coach. You think they knew how to dance like that when they started? You think they knew how to interview? You think they picked their own clothes all the time? I mean, think about this, folks. What Joanne said is so realistic. The people who rise are the people who have wise advisors. It's not about listening to your best friend's brother's cousin who has been unemployed for eight years who says, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's talking about finding people who can give you good advice. That's why we have people like Joanne on the show. And this is free. Look, this is a billable hour that she gave us here. And so, <laughs> Joanne, talk a bit. Um, you, <clears throat> excuse me, damn allergies. You made a comment that I really want you to expand on, and I don't remember when you said it, but you were talking about the the quality of our own life is determined by the quality mm. of questions we ask and I hate to say I'm not really, I mean, I have out myself here. What? What does that mean? What are you saying there? What, what are you saying? Well, actually, it, it leads back to what you just said. The timing and sequencing of this is perfect um, because you said that, that we all need wise advisors, people who challenge our perspectives. And I love to say that the fish is the last one to see the water. You know, they're just things that are blind to us. Questions are access to the places that we can't see, the things that we can't see. 
So a well-phrased question that does that starts with um, an open-ended question. Like I, I love the example <clears throat> one of my teachers uses is, is not how can I, the question that's low power question is how can I spend a month in the south of France, which brings in a lot of information. But a higher caliber question is how can I spend a month in the south of France and earn ten thousand dollars while I'm there. That changes I love that the question. whole perspective <laughs> of what opens up <laughs> in our lives. So the quality of our questions can expand our viewpoint about what's possible. It can it can do it in quantum leaps to expand what we believe is possible. And that brings in the creativity. And that's how this all loops back. That's how people begin to have their creativity come back to life is by asking those great questions, having a great coach or mentor ask the question for them and sit and wait for the answers to come. And a good, I mean, let's take that example. I mean, if you're listening, I, I hope you understand the power of what Duran just taught us. We ask ourselves, how can I save up enough money or earn enough money, which is just this totally front-end thinking. How can I earn enough money to go to France? Yay, I'm going to go to Paris. You save your money, you get your 5000 bucks, you go however. And you get there and you come back and you're done. But Joanne's question is, how can you go and while you're there, you know, you're earning money. While you're there, maybe you're speaking, maybe you're training, maybe you found a part-time job or maybe I mean, that I mean, my mind is just racing. The difference between those two questions, one is just a dead end. Okay, you go, you had an experience, great, yay. And it's good. It's good. But better is the second question. <laughs> now, I have a note here and um <laughs> All the time management folks are going to be like, what? But oh. it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah, you you know what I'm going to ask you now. I have I a do. note here that you said, and I quote, we can't manage time. Now, I when I first saw that, I'm like, I'm sorry, that seems counterintuitive to productivity here. But then you go on, and I'm not going to say what else you said. So expand on the thinking of we we don't we we don't have the capacity to manage time. We don't. It's it's a fantastic illusion, though, isn't it? Uh, that we actually can manage time and somehow find additional time, uh, because all of us are given the same number of minutes every single day, and yet some of us do are incredibly productive and incredibly satisfied with the outcome of each day, and others of us are not. And so really all that we can manage are priorities. And when, when I know for myself, when I manage priorities, which sounds really easy, and it's actually one of the primary things that I work in, the primary areas where I work with people in coaching is on managing priorities. Because the the needle mover things in our life, when we're living our dream life, when we're living life by design, the main thing that will get in our way is distraction. And I have a uh, I have a free download on my website that is actually about clearing the clutter, which in which I talk about a day in which distraction was just like so very very clear in my life and what it took 
to stay on my priority versus being distracted. So I invite people to go out to my website and download that. It's free, and it really gives a, a kind of a charming way to look at how distraction interrupts our focus. And, and when it's that called happens, clearing, clearing the Clutter? Seven Tips for Clearing the Clutter. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm <clears throat> writing this down, of course. <laughs> oh, look, a chicken. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a, you know the movie Up, and there's that great that great scene yes. where he says, "Oh, squirrel, squirrel. the dog." Yes. That's it. Yes. <laughs> squirrel. That's it. <laughs> well, um, in the interest of, I mean, of course, I think we could we could have a whole show about each one of these topics, but in the yeah. interest of um, making it through, <laughs> uh, at least some of the things that I've written down here, and I want to get to, I want to spend the bulk of our remaining time on this one because I think it might take you. <laughs> <laughs> this long to explain it to me. You uh, again. I'm I'm reading one of our email exchanges, and and you talk about the paradox of uh, the paradox. I'm not even going to try and explain it. Would you please extrapolate on these this this paradox of 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 who we are, what we want, and how it's this vicious? I mean, it is. As I thought about what you wrote here. It is a vicious, it's this vicious cycle. So will you expand on that, and how do I get out of this loop? Oh, my, this loop of fear. <laughs> well, I um, I love, I started with a, a quote by Joseph Campbell because I love this, and he, he, he states, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And oh, I love most, that. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Just love him. Um, most of us, believe and and for a long time I believed that the fear stopped me from doing things and what I've come to believe now is that it is not the fear that stops me it is the fear of the imagined unknown that stops me so although our imaginations have been shut down on some of the good things by the we were the time we were the age of 7 you know, imagining the dream life. Our imaginations are still very alive and well at imagining a future that doesn't exist that may be fearful. And, you know, when we were, were chatting via email, I said, we human beings are goofy. We really, yeah, you really did. Are. I was like, I haven't heard a coach call us, you know, human beings goofy. And I love that yeah. about you because you're like, yeah, we're kind of all messed up. We're just goofy, you know, and, and we're these brilliantly designed machines biochemically to keep ourselves safe. And we're these brilliantly creative machines that that are kind of in this paradox that want to be creative and yet are afraid to change things because there's a part of us that wants to stay safe. And it's, it's just an internal process that... I, my a lot of my clients think there's something wrong with that, and what I believe is that when we can really embrace that paradox and see it as humorous, we have a chance to do something with it that's creative, to build. That, to build a life like we that. see that we see <clears throat> once we see that. Um, what what is it that I heard somewhere? Okay, so you don't want to when you're driving down the street. Uh, and you see somebody jogging, you just notice them in the side. You're not, like, watching every little move they make. You don't see how big their butt is, whatever. 
women, we tend to think, okay, I'm going to I'm going to go jogging or walking or whatever. Oh my god, everybody driving by is looking. And so we're fear our fear is this perceived thing that has nothing to do with reality cuz nobody is paying attention to you. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's funny this could be a completely different show. Uh, but the, about 1% of what's presented to our visual field, let's say, actually goes in and gets processed by our brain. So that's the scientific background on that scenario where if you're jogging and you're worried about somebody noticing it, your butt, as you said, <laughs> there's about a 1% chance that any any individual would even have the opportunity to let that information in. And I think we, I mean, of course I'm using a facetious example, but but we think, oh, well, you know, okay, if I do if I do this and fail, I think women more than men worry about if I do this and fail, um, oh my gosh, my life will be over. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of failure. I, at failure, mm-hmm. I learned years ago, you're, you're going to fail at succeeding if you don't learn to to accept failure. I mean, it just, it just is, you're going to, you need to know that failing doesn't make you a failure, but women build up in their mind. Oh my God, the whole world is going to be paying attention to every move I make. You know, everyone else is worried about their own lives and it's Mm -hmm. the mean girls that are going to capitalize on any mistake you make. So, um, golly gee, could talk forever about this, but what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break. I hope you have enjoyed listening to, um, Excuse me, Joanne Marceau this morning. She is a a well-certified coach in many areas, and she's come on today to talk about how our thoughts are impacting our our choices, impacting our life, and how we can change that. And I have a page of notes, uh, and I encourage you, if you've come in halfway, to come back uh, in a little bit. But when we get back from this commercial break... Joanne's going to tell us the most important thing that we can do or start doing today once you listen to this, what you can start doing today that will help you gain control of your thinking. So hang in there. We'll be right back. our company with, with just an idea. We didn't have funding. We didn't have an office. We didn't even have a real phone. We just we had my cell phone. The first three years, we didn't take a salary. We just worked. We worked our tails off. We put our lives into this company. And I'm proud to say our passion, our commitment have gotten us to where we are today. And we've reached the point where we need more than just a loan to, to help us keep growing. We need a bank that knows how to get us to the next level. And, and you know, at this stage, I expect my banker to help increase the value of our business. Not just his commission. When it's time, come to Comerica and discover why we're the leading bank for business. To learn more, schedule an appointment with a Comerica Business Banking Advisor and raise your expectations of what a bank can be. Comerica Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender, based on commercial and industrial loans as a percentage of total assets. Data provided by Thomson Reuters Bank Insight, December 2013.
Jackson Walker is a Texas-based law firm with more than 300 attorneys in Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Angelo, and San Antonio. The firm regularly represents clients in such areas as corporate insecurities, litigation, intellectual property, healthcare, energy, labor and employment, legislative and regulatory, real estate, and international law. The firm's corporate clients include Fortune 500 companies, multinational corporations, major financial institutions, and a wide range of publicly traded corporations and closely held businesses. For more info, go to www.jw.com. Jackson Walker, Texas-based, global reach. Meals on Wheels is so great because you come in and everybody's so energized. When I was volunteering with Meals on Wheels for the first time, I didn't know what to expect. When the senior opens the door, they're always so grateful and so thankful. Overall, I had such a great experience, and it was such a, an easy way to get back to the community. Support Meals on Wheels Incorporated of Tarrant County. Call 817-336-0912 or go to mealsonwheels.org to donate or volunteer. Well, hello and welcome back to Plaid for Women Radio, brought to you by PlaidForWomen.com. Also brought to you by Comerica Bank, Tarrant County College, The Skin Clinic, Inc., Lucas Funeral Homes, and the University of North Texas Health Science Center. I am Sarah Zink, and I'm your host for the show, and I'm delighted, as always, to be with you. Plaid for Women is a media and blogging site for women. We are unapologetically and exclusively focused on helping women achieve their goals, whatever those are. We also want to help you get connected with like-minded women who are wanting to become more more purposeful, more engaged, more authentic, more inclusive, more productive, more profitable, and more powerful. We also want to help you have your voice be heard. We do that by offering you the ability to blog directly from your profile. You don't have to understand all that WordPress stuff. Just log in, join for free, start blogging. Tell us what you think. Tell us Uh, I don't really care if you've had a donut, but we'd like to know your thoughts on other things, your thoughts on health and wellness and aging parents, your thoughts on raising kids and relationships. Come and tell us what you think. We want to know. Tell the world what you think. Check it out. Plaid4women.com. And today is every day. I like to say hello and welcome to new members. I want to give a shout out to Laura Slayton. Janice Brunson, and Danan Carter. We see you. We appreciate you. We welcome you. You are now part of the Plaid for Women community, and we support you. Thank you so much for making the time and taking the effort and expending the energy to join us. Well, I told you before the break, I've been visiting with Joanne Marceau, who's a well-certified results coach and um, she's also a passionate speaker. She's got some great resources on her website. And I told you before the break that when we got back, she was going to tell you the one thing that you needed to know that you could start doing today, right now, 
to start changing your thinking and to start uh, capturing the power of your thoughts. So no pressure, Joanne, but <laughs> millions of people are standing standing around with pencils and paper. You are going to solve the secrets of the universe. <laughs> it is such a profound question, and I love it. And And the answer is two-part answer. The first is pause. Just stop and listen to that voice that is that thinking. And the second one is to notice what you're noticing. Notice what that voice is saying and who's saying it, and then ask just one simple question. What else could it be? And that uncovers the story that you might have made up. Well, I have to tell you, that's powerful stuff. The whole conversation we've had today, folks, if you ever thought about getting a coach, just keep playing this over for a few times and you're going to see the value of uh, whether it's Joanne or anyone else, that we, are, we we can't operate in isolation. And you have coaches. I mean, Joanne, wouldn't you agree, whether we pay them or not, we have coaches. You might be listening to your neighbor talk about, yeah, I know, I sure wish I could break out of this life. Or we listen mm-hmm. to our boss or our coworkers talk about what a crappy job we have. Or we listen to someone at church talking about how stupid the preacher is or the, the, pre, the rabbi or whatever. We have coaches all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when and, you and pay, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole no, different show about the people around <laughs> us. But I want to interrupt you. Talks and no, 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 interrupt away. But Joanne, if someone who's listening wants to connect with you directly, because we do live in a digital age, if you are not, uh, it doesn't matter where you are. We are where you are. And so, if someone wanted to reach out and connect with you to coach, how would they do that? They would actually just go to my website which is www.j, just the letter J, Marceau, and that's spelled M-A-R-C-E-A-U dot com. And then there are a couple ways to connect with me, and there's obviously a a Contact Us page. Uh, My telephone number is on there. And then uh, if you sign up for the free download that I mentioned earlier, the seven tips to declutter your thinking, then you will be on on my mail list and receive my blogs and communications and tips and tricks as well. So a variety of ways to reach out to me. Well, I I also have to say that your contact information is on the show page. So if you've downloaded this to your iPad and you're driving to work, please, 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 you don't have to stop and write this down. It's on the show page. Uh, Joanne, thank you. What a joy to have you uh, today. I feel like I've already got my... See, this I keep telling people, this radio show is like public therapy. <laughs> I, I don't need a coach. I, I've got a new coach every day. But I do appreciate you, and I, I do hope you'll consider coming back in the future. It's been a delight to visit with you. Oh, Sarah, the pleasure is mine, and I would love to return in the future. All right. I'm sure we'll have a chat about that. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember, these shows are are by you, for you, and about you. You've told us what you want to hear. You've told us that you struggle with with your thinking. You've told us that you struggle with success in your life. You've told us that you struggle with how do I get from point A to point B. I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not smart enough. How can I help get out of that cycle of thinking? And that's how we find people like Joanne. If you have ideas for other guests, if you have ideas for other topics, 
let me know. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at plaid4women.com. And until we get together again, my friends, you have been zinked. Thank you.